right, welcome to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. We're very excited to join you today. I'm Jacob. I'm Allison, and today in the studio we are joined by Barbara Paulson and Deacon James Hobart of Nevadans for the Common Good. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Glad to have you. Uh, well, let's jump uh, jump right into it. Uh, can you both tell us what is Nevadans for the Common Good? Okay. Go ahead, Barbara. Uh, Nevada's for the Common Good is a broad-based community organization. Um, we're interesting in that we are an organization of organizations. Our membership is um, institutional. Uh, we currently have 46-plus uh, members, uh, predominantly faith-based institution, um, uh, Christian denominations, some Jewish synagogues, and some um, social service nonprofits also members. Mm -hmm. And our primary mission really is twofold. One is to bring diverse people together, diverse in terms of ethnic background, of faith tradition, um, socioeconomic, ethnically, to really work together on problems of the common good, really problems that face all of us. And our second goal is to train and educate people to participate in public life. How to be citizens. Mm -hmm. We kind of empower people to find their own voice, mm -hmm. to advocate for things that mean a lot to them. Okay. That's awesome. And what are your functions within the organization? I'm one of the uh, moderators. Barbara and I have both moderated uh, action meetings before, mm -hmm. but we each lead different areas of it at different times, actually. Okay. Um, I would say that I'm... Um, NCG leader, which means I work within my own institution to help get more people involved, um, help train them, help them learn more about what we do. And then I also do the same type of work within the larger organization. And in terms of issues, uh, the primary area that I've been involved with is, is healthcare. Excellent. And you have a background in healthcare, correct? Or a background in health? Yes. Um, I'm a registered dietitian. And so throughout my whole professional career, I really focused on specifically nutrition, but really the broad, broader health issues. And as I was getting ready to retire, I was really looking for um, some way to participate in my community. And I was at the originating convocation of Nevadans for the Common Good, and um, it changed my life. Um, I had been searching. I didn't know what I was searching for, and the diversity of people that were there appealed to me. Um, the Really, that they're looking at social justice, at not just doing something today, but finding long-term solutions that make life better, and really to reduce inequality so that everybody in this country has equal access to the things that are important for all of us. Yeah, Nevadans Great. for the Common Good is a nonpartisan organization. Mm -hmm. One thing I really like about it is what they call their golden rule, and that's never do for someone that which they can do for themselves. Mm. So we do empower people to find their own voice, to make their own decisions, and to get out there and work for things that are going to improve not only their lives, but lives of the common good, the, the common people here in southern Nevada and uh, starting to branch out to the north. That's awesome. And I know we were talking earlier that there's 
kind of five areas um, that are the focus for this year. So if mm-hmm. you wouldn't mind just kind of talking a little bit about what those areas are uh, that, that Nevadans for the Common Good are focusing on. Well, Barbara had already mentioned education, and that's a huge one. The, uh, the housing and homelessness, immigration, transportation, specifically paratransit, mm-hmm. and healthcare. Healthcare. And I think an interesting thing, too, is how we identify mm-hmm. these issues. Um, we have meetings within individual institutions, but then we also come together as a group of institutions. And we listen to stories. And in fact, from October of 2017 through January of this year, we had a listening campaign. We challenged all our member institutions to have as many small group meetings as they could have based on the size of their institution, really asking people to come and just share what are the daily concerns in their life, what keeps them awake Mm -hmm. at night. And we thought we would see geographic differences. Um, We had about 150-some listening sessions. We talked to about 2,000 people over that three-month period. And over and over again, it was those five issues that came out everywhere and mm-hmm. the number one that was at every single session we did was health care yeah. access to mm-hmm. care quality of care affordability of care um, physical care uh, mental health care um, yes mm-hmm. and we take those stories and we start to identify um, does this just affect these people or does it affect a lot of people and learn as much as we can we we talk to um, Legislators, we talk to people um, in different agencies that work with these programs. We talk to more individuals so that we really can understand what the scope of the issue is, um, how it impacts people, and from there we start to identify actionable steps. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like healthcare is huge. I mean, you can't right. go in and say, we're going <laughs> to solve healthcare. So we try to break it down in what is some aspect of healthcare that we could have an impact on, that we could actually maybe get a change in, in the state. And then we focus, and that's what we've done mm-hmm. on each of these five areas. And it's been really good because, as, as Barbara mentioned before, we're broad-based. We're a very grassroots organization. It's not like a company where a board of, of uh, directors will say, this is where our company is going to go this year. We don't know where we're going to go in two years because our needs of the valley, the needs of the state may have changed. So we get our information from the people within our own institutions through these listening sessions that we've had. Mm -hmm. And it's been very, very interesting. I'd be interested to hear about the makeup of your membership. Um, It's an interfaith organization, so there are a lot of churches that are involved. Mm -hmm. What type of nonprofits do you partner with? Well, in terms of actual members, um, Catholic Charities of Southern Nevada is a member, uh, Nevada Senior Services, which does some adult daycare programs Mm -hmm. and other um, caretaker support Mm -hmm. services. Las Ventanas. Opportunity Village. So those are the main um, um, nonprofits that are members. But we partner with others. We've partnered with AARP on Mm -hmm. things. And if, you know... If other partner organizations have an initiative they're looking at that fits in with what we will support them, and then we hope that in turn they will support different initiatives that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So I know you know we've been talking about kind of the different areas that you're working in. Um, so how how do you go about making change in those areas? Is it 
you know, do you go to the state legislator? Do you work with local politicians? Kind of where is, where's the, the change coming from or what actions are you taking? The answer to that is yes. Okay, good. <laughs> we, we, we work with anybody. We, okay. uh, we will work with the legislature. We'll work with local assembly persons. We will work with anybody that is able to affect change. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking with um, the candidates. Um, it, it's been really, really good to just sit down and talk with them and to make our opinions, make our goals known to them and mm-hmm. see if they will support us. Mm-hmm. And it starts at the local level. We have done some things um, with RTC, the Regional uh, Transit Authority. We have done, um, we've gone to school board meetings. Mm-hmm. So we work very much at the local level up to, um, as James said, with the state legislature and before a legislative session, our goal is always to talk to every legislator in Southern Nevada before okay. they go to Carson City. We've gone to Carson City. Mm-hmm. And at the federal level, too, um, we want to talk to our congressional delegation because some of the issues, um, immigration mm-hmm. and healthcare in particular, some of those decisions are really made at the national level. So, really, all across all levels. Mm-hmm. So I'll just share, uh, I used to work at Catholic Charities, and uh, maybe four years ago, um, as an organization, they took us all out to one of the uh, convention talks that you gave at Cashman Field, and it was really cool because it was like a powwow. That was my first one. Was it? It it was really cool. It was like a powwow because it was like, you know, this church, woo, and everybody's cheering and everything, but I thought it was really interesting because there were public officials there Mm -hmm. that came before the crowd, and they made public commitments to certain issues, and that way, um, I thought it was interesting because you'd be able to hold these people accountable. And They're saying in front of a we group. We call that an accountability action meeting. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I thought it was really cool. I enjoyed right. that. Yes. That was, it was the first one I went to, and I remember the different people that stood up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, Like you said, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And to see the people up there making a commitment to work with Nevadans for the common good was very moving, very powerful. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, and one of the important features when we have a big action like this is what we call our roll call. Every institution introduces themselves and the number of individuals or families that mm-hmm. they represent. And we really, through our member institutions, represent about 100,000 people wow. in the Valley. So when you come to one of our actions and you have each institution stand up, mm-hmm. you know, because... Um, Power is people. Power is right. having people behind your initiatives, and the other arm of power is money, having mm-hmm. money to help support the work that you're doing on your initiatives. Yeah. So we always emphasize those two sides, mm-hmm. and the people side is always very important. And our right. member institutions pay dues to support the work of Nevadans for the common good. Okay. And that way they can hold us accountable, mm-hmm. we can hold them accountable. And that's how it, that's how it works. Uh, can you tell us a little bit? So you've both been with the organization since its inception. About it's I've been with them four years. I've been with them since 2012, since they started. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you would have been involved in uh, helping pass legislation related yes. to human trafficking. Yes. Can you tell us about that? That that's really interesting. That was really the very first action that we got involved with, and so that would have been in the 2013. 
uh, legislative session, um, and the Attorney General at that time, um, Catherine Cortez Masta, had put forth legislation, um, AB 67, which was really, it had uh, several aspects to it. One was really, it was focusing on sex trafficking of minors in mm -hmm. particular. First of all, it really gave um, a legal definition to sex trafficking, and it made the people that were impacted by that victims, not, not criminals, which was a very important dis distinction. And it also had a number of aspects in it that would help um, apprehend sex traffickers and would have stiffer sentences for them and make it easier for them to actually be brought to trial because one of the big problems is many of them never come mm -hmm. to trial. And we worked very, very hard on that and um, we're very happy to see it unanimously passed. Um, there had been other pieces of legislation on sex trafficking come forward in previous sessions. They never went anywhere and I think mm -hmm. it was because they did not have the body of citizens behind them supporting them. So that, that was the very first thing that we worked mm -hmm. on and really gave us the momentum to go, to go on from there. And it really pushed for the creation of programs uh, to help supportive services for the victims, correct? Before that, there really wasn't a lot of assistance. Right, and of course that's an area that we still are mm -hmm. in great need of because, um, you know, some of these people really need um, inpatient services mm -hmm. to help them come over. I mean, this is, as you can imagine, an extremely traumatic thing that they have right. been through. And um, we don't have anywhere near the programs in Nevada to take care of people, but it was a, it was a step forward, mm -hmm. a step yeah. forward. And are there any legislative priorities you have for the upcoming session? I know, I don't know if the bills have been released yet, but if there's anything you know you've been working on specifically. They haven't been released specifically yet, um, but a couple of things, um, some things that we're working on in healthcare. First of all, um, this isn't legislative, but we're following it, and we're. Um, this is very important to us in terms of the gubernatorial candidates and mm -hmm. also our federal delegation. Um, you know, in 2013, um, Medicaid was expanded right. to add in a lot of people, and Governor Sandoval was one of the first governors to really step forward and do that. And that was great. That has given health insurance to over 200,000 people in Nevada who did not wow. have health insurance. Mm -hmm. It actually lowered the uninsured rate in Nevada by 33%. Wow. We do not want that mm -hmm. to go away. We right. know that there's a lot of things that we need to work on in healthcare in Nevada, mm -hmm. but the bottom line is no matter what our, how good our health system is, if you don't have insurance, you don't have access. Right. So that is one of our key things in terms of, because that's something the governor can, can take action on or you know, fight for, and also our congressional delegation. Um, at both the federal and the state level, again, in healthcare, because that's where I've been working the most, right. um, there are what are called federally qualified health centers. These are very well designed and regulated health centers, uh, primarily funded with federal funds. They are in high need, low income areas, and they provide comprehensive health care to everyone. They mm -hmm. take private insurance, they take public insurance like Medicare and Medicaid, and they also take people with no insurance and charge them on a sliding scale. Okay. Nevada is a medically underserved state. I mean, mm -hmm. we're classified Very as medically so. underserved. 
we are 46th in the country in the number of qualified healthcare centers wow. we have. There is a huge need for those. And so uh, we're making a big push to get additional uh, federal funding to come to the state to assist so we can get more of those clinics. That's great. And what type of uh, tools or resources do you give your members to empower them to become leaders in the community and you know, mobilize more people? I think it's it's the organization as a whole. Mm -hmm. We have uh, three organizers that work for us that help us get the word out. But we have organizations with, within us, and we try and get winnable things. So if you can get winnable little items, you can expand those a little bit bigger as time goes on. So we try and do that, and we give through our delegate assembly, we get information who to contact, how are we going to contact them, uh, get out the vote walks, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's not get out the vote and vote for this person, it's just get out and vote. Yeah. Right. So that's how we do that. And we give them the tools, some of the tools would be just a list of people. Uh, commit to contacting five people. Mm -hmm. Commit to working within your church mm -hmm. or other organization to bring people to the meeting, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how we do it. I think it's it, it's a really good method because we don't, being nonpartisan, we don't focus on any one side of anything. It's just this is going to be good for Nevada, and right. that's what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. We also, um, and we're not having one this fall because we're very, very busy, but every year we have a, a three-day training um, that we encourage people to come and it really is to help give them the skills because to uh, work in public life because one of our goals is to have more leaders and mm -hmm. have new leaders, which is one of the reasons we have institutional membership. You know, I'm not going to be here forever. None of us right. will be, but we would want this to continue on. And so we want to continually train new leaders. Um, we also do uh, what we call civil academies, but essentially are workshops. Okay. So like um, we may have an education workshop that we try to have as many of our people come to to really learn what the issues are in education, what we're advocating for in education, the same in terms of any of our issues so that we have an educated group of people that can really go out and speak the facts mm -hmm. on the issues we're supporting. When we have an action where we bring a public officials together and our people are there, we, um, we always have information that we give our people that they can make note of so they're there so then they can go back home to other people from their institution that weren't at that meeting and again share that and spread the word. Yeah, I think each institution has what we refer to as a core group. At my church, Grace in the Desert Episcopal, we have eight members that are our core team. We go to the meetings and we take that information mm -hmm. back to the church and go out from there. Mm -hmm. So people know what's going on and we get the information back from our delegate assemblies to the church so they know that their voice has been heard. Probably it's good to mention, too, because when we were talking about the scope, we're very local as well. Right. As um, we, in some parts of the valley, we have what we call clusters. For example, I live in Boulder City. And the reason we have clusters is because there 
are certain issues that may, may be very geographically related or that there may be bigger concern in that part of the valley for a particular issue than others. So for example, in Boulder City, um, there are um, three um, churches that are members and we meet regularly as a cluster group, mm. bringing everything from the larger group back, but we have also done some specific actions in Boulder City. We did one okay. where five of us rode um, the cat bus from Boulder City to the new VA Medical Center. Oh, wow. With uh, the, that we essentially had an appointment at 11 o'clock and we left Boulder City at eight o'clock. Uh -huh. And we barely made it. Wow. And we only made it if we'd have made one more stop between Boulder City and the central um, complex for our, for the uh, the busing system, we'd have never made it because at that time there was only one bus per hour that ran from the central hub up to the medical center. Wow! But there was standing room only on that bus, and we had um, a reporter and a photographer with us, and that led to RTC adding more routes. Um, so that was something specific right. to Boulder City. That's we did want cool. to get more pantry yeah. money for Boulder City. So we do work from an extremely local level yeah. all the way up to really um, national issues. That's awesome. Yeah, pounding yeah. the payment. That's how you find out what the issues are, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's cool. That's cool. Well, can you share with us how both of you got involved with the Venice for the Common Good? I got involved through my church. Mm -hmm. uh, it was one of the things when I started formation for the diaconate that um, really excited me uh, and learning what their golden rule is. I don't like just giving away money to give away money mm -hmm. or services or anything else. But when you can empower people to find their own voice, that excites me. And I like that part of it. So that got me involved in it and more and more. And uh, um, just now that I've become a deacon, I'm more involved uh, with my church but also with Nevadans for the common good and its leadership. Great. Well, and as I already mentioned, I got very involved because I was at their organizing convention. And it was, you know, how that meeting was run and the things that were discussed there, the diversity of people and the diversity of institutions that were there that really attracted me because I wanted to work at something that was broad-based, that was ecumenical, that was reaching mm -hmm. beyond just the walls of a particular institution. But once I got involved, the other thing that really attracted me that's kept me involved is we are very big on relationships. We spend a lot of time one-on-one -on -one building relationships between individuals and then larger meetings, so you're building relations with people in other institutions. I have met so many people that I never would have met if I wouldn't mm -hmm. have been involved in something that is so broad-based. Every one of those interactions has enriched my life. And also, it, it builds trust and you can't work together and accomplish something if you don't have trust. Some of right. the issues we're working on, like education, it's very complex. And people have a lot of different ideas of what to do. And there's going to have to be discussion. And we're going to have to make decisions. Is this more important to look at than this? Because we can't solve the whole problem. And if you're in an environment where people trust each other and they have a common commitment to do what's good for everyone, you're much more likely to be successful. So 
everything we do is more related to or, or is focusing more on the relationship than the actual issue. The issue comes out of the relationships right. rather than relationships coming out of the issue, mm -hmm. which and, is very counter yeah. to the business world, where yeah. you, right. you get together to meet because there's a certain problem or a certain issue. The relationship is secondary. With us, that relationship is the primary, primary factor. Mm -hmm. The issue comes from that. Yeah, and Barbara had mentioned about our three-day training. Uh, you actually go to this three-day training, and there is a larger training that's five and a half days where you are actually taught how to build relationships on one-on-one -on -one meetings. Okay. And you do it with people that you just don't know. So I would do it from somebody from my church or in the five-day training that I did out in Berkeley, somebody from another part of the country, and just build relationship one-on-one -on -one with them mm -hmm. so you learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. And after every action, after every meeting, we have a, a critique. The people that are in charge of it review we debrief, could this have been better? How would you grade this? How would you do that? So we're always learning. It's a learning thing all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. Well, and the relationship building we do really, um, our member institutions can use the same thing to strengthen their own mm -hmm. institutions. Right. You know, if um, think of a, a group you belong to, it may be a civic group or um, a religious organization. And there's people you see there all the time. And you say, oh, well, you know, I know them. <laughs> but do you know them beyond just whatever the purpose of that meeting or that group right. is? Or you could sit next to somebody in church for years and say hi every Sunday, but that's the most you know about them. And so relationships are just, it's just so important to life in general, but then bringing people together and working together. Um, we have enough divisiveness in our world. Um, the more we can come together and work on common goals, mm -hmm. most of us have the same needs. We want a good life for us. We care for our children and our families. There are so many things that brings us together. We need to work to strengthen that. Mm -hmm. It's awesome to hear. Yeah. I think. I think. I mean, and that that kind of hits to the point. I think why Alice and I are on this podcast specifically mm -hmm. is to help bring the community together. So it's mm -hmm. awesome to hear how how Nevadans for the Common Good is doing this. It's it's very very exciting. So how, um, you know, so if, if someone's listening, how, how can they get involved in Nevadans for the Common Good? Primarily through whatever uh, faith-based organization they belong to if they do. Okay. If not, uh, we have a Facebook page. We have a website. Uh, you can get in contact with somebody from there. The nonprofit institutions that they belong to. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of ways to get involved with it. And you really don't have to have an issue you you are passionate about, but I can almost guarantee that when you leave a meeting, you will be passionate about something. Right. So, oh, sorry, go no, ahead. I was just going to say, uh, they may belong to an organization that they think, boy, we would like to partner with them, and through the website or Facebook, they can get in touch with us, and uh, we would be more than happy to sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with anybody and learn more about them and uh, and their organization, and they could learn more about us and go from there. That's great. So speaking of Facebook, because that's a tool that young people use, um, I know um, our producers, they're educators, they're teachers in the community, and they're always asking us about ways that their students and the younger generations can get involved. So uh, do you have children of congregants that 
uh, are assisting you, or what would your recommendation be for younger folks that would want to get involved with you? We have some younger members at Grace in the Desert that uh, are attending the meetings and stuff, and they, they primarily focus on, on issues of, like, education, uh, on uh, other things that are that are they're passionate about, but they do get involved. And it's not just the older crowd, if you will, that has this calling, but it's the, the younger people that they see that things are changing. Things right. can change. How do you get involved? And, um, you know, I mean, we can always use somebody to help us with Facebook. <laughs> some of yeah. our younger, uh, some of our churches um, during the listening session actually had um, small groups with just um, uh, people that were in their youth groups. Oh, wow. So that they actually got input from their youth in terms of what keeps them awake, what do they say is the main problems. But also young young adults, and I know a, a lot of young, they're busy with establishing their career some of them are starting a family mm -hmm. and they have a lot of you know commitments but the more people of all ages that can be involved because um we all live together in this valley and we right. all have issues that are important and so we have to keep it going and that's <laughs> how it does right build a sustainable mm -hmm. organization it does absolutely yeah. that's awesome very cool yeah well we, we thank you both for the work that you've you've been doing with with the Nevadans for the Common Good. Um, we do have a couple questions for you that are our typical questions we ask everybody, so they're not necessarily related to your work. Um, so the first one is, uh, you know, where are your favorite places to eat and or drink alcoholic, non-alcoholic beverages in town? Because <laughs> we want to leave it open. So where are your favorite places to go? And, and Barbara, since you're in Boulder City too, that may open our listeners' yeah. eyes and ears to things that are in Boulder City we may not know about. Okay. Yeah. Well, there are two places in Boulder City in particular that I like, um, and one is the Dillinger. Oh, oh yes. yeah, I've, good hamburgers. Yeah, very good hamburgers. And and Milo's Cellar, which oh. is over good. It's right on the main street. Okay. Um, um, has a wide variety of wines and also, um, you know, good food. To, okay. So those would be uh, the two places in Boulder City that are my favorite. Excellent. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I've, I've been to Dillinger, but Milo's Cellar, I'm going to have to try <laughs> out next time. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to give it a whirl, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> cool. Yeah. 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 We need a field trip. No. Uh, for me, my, my top end would probably be Oscars. Okay. I, I love the steaks they have there. After that... Um, Siena Trattoria on West Sahara. Oh, uh, it's okay. a great Italian restaurant. Uh, good food, good drinks. But I think for for uh, where I'd like to go to get something to drink is just about any PTs in the valley. You can't throw <laughs> a stick without hitting the PTs. Mm -hmm. That's right. Very true. Yes, definitely. Excellent. And what about the first uh, album or record either of you have purchased? If you if you want to share. Well. <laughs> I'll share my first one and then my second one because probably nobody that's listening to this podcast <laughs> heard, has heard of my first one. The Ray Conniff Singers. Okay. Oh, they don't yeah. even exist anymore, I don't think. And um, probably the next one I got was a Peter, Paul, and Mary album. Oh, oh great. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and they were vinyl back when I was buying yes. my right. first yes. ones. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's back, so you're yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, right. It is. <laughs> Um, my first albums were Woodstock and Emerson, Lake and Palmer, Tarkas oh. and Brain Salad Surgery. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. 
Can't say I've ever heard of that. <laughs> no. Great music. Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer, no? No. Oh, okay. No, I'll have to look them up. We'll have to do an introduction <laughs> yeah. for Allison. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check them out. Do you guys check out live shows in town? Are you, do you, are you music buffs? We were talking about the theater, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably go to more theater things, but okay. I do go to a lot of the community um, theater things, mm-hmm. and, um, and then the Smith Center is a real... Um, treasure here in town mm-hmm. and um this isn't professional but i play in a handbell choir oh excellent really yes okay and so we use handbell handbells wow and okay. so we always have um harmony handbells we always have concerts um usually most um often in churches in around christmas time and um in the spring but we also for the last few years have performed at the ethylum cactus garden before christmas Oh, the one at uh, FLM's? FLM yes. Oh, cool. wonderful. Okay. Cool. Yes. What, what a place at Christmas. Yes. yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. it's great. Yeah. It's great. I mean, what better place to listen to Christmas music, look at some cactus, and drink some delicious hot chocolate, and eat delicious chocolate. chocolate. That place yeah. looks like it, it's a mixture of <laughs> Hunter, like fear and loathing meets Santa Claus, right? It's kind of yeah. like a lot of lights. Sort of, kind of. Yeah. 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 A, lot. a lot of lights. <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of sticking in places. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, almost anything at the Smith Center. Mm-hmm. I like cabaret jazz. I've been to several of the concerts down there. It's a great place. It really is. And, uh, yeah, I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, no. I, I haven't. I don't get out other than to do that, and that's kind of a special treat. Uh-huh. I gotcha. Well, it's a great place. It is. Yeah. yeah. I'm it looking is. forward to Nevada Ballet. Um, they're going to be pr- putting on Dracula, actually. Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That'll be an interesting show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for um, asking us. Yes. And so today we had Barbara Paulson and Deacon James Hobart uh, with us from Nevadans for Common Good. And uh, this has been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. I'm Jacob. This is Allison. And Allison, who do we have also in the studio with us today? We are joined by our producer, Jose Sotelo. Research assistance and fact-checking by Ashley Pacheco. And artistic direction by Berta Gutierrez. And for the entirety of this episode, Raven the dog has been sleeping. (laughs) Well-behaved. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. All right. All right. Well, thank you again to both of you for coming on, and we look forward to seeing your good work in the community. Well, thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. It's been great to be here. Thank you. Giddy up. <laughs>
So, listeners, you need to be registered to vote in our great state of Nevada by Friday, October 5th, and uh, we count on you to be registered to vote. Yeah, don't come around complaining if you don't vote. No, we won't like it. it. Mm -mm. No. Giddy up.